Okay, if you've got your Bibles, find your way to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. You'll notice I don't put all slides, all scriptures on the slides because I don't want us to ever lose the ability to look up scripture. Is that fair enough? To turn to our Bibles or iPhone or iPad or whatever you might have, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And if I helped you to no longer look at your Bible yourself, I'd be doing you a great, great injustice. All right, let's go. <clears throat> this is an intriguing message maybe in some ways because um, I had an unusual, what I would call encounter with God last week. And this message is based on what happened. I was uh, traveling to speak to some leadership students on the North Shore. And um, I was praying in the car, as is my established habit. If I'm in the car, I pray. That's just how I do it. Unless there's someone else there, then I probably talk to them. But otherwise, I pray. As I was praying, traveling across the Northwestern Motorway, heading to the North Shore, a thought entered my mind in such a way that I knew unmistakably this was the voice of God. This is what he said to me. He said, I want you to be accountable to me for your time. I thought, okay. I've never really done that. But then what surprised me is he said, I want you to be accountable to me for every hour. And I thought, whoa. God's presence was with me in the car. I know that I know that I know he was speaking to me. As I reflected on what God said, I began to grieve. And I thought, why did I not see this 30 years ago? Because I've wasted so many hours and so much time, and I can never, ever get it back. It's gone forever. That encounter with God, they say every new revelation brings a new dedication. You need revelation for dedication. And so in the last days, it's transformed my life and how I spend my time. And it's been a, I guess, a very, very wonderful thing in many ways. When I was in the car, I felt like crying, literally. I thought, oh God, why didn't I see this 30 years ago, if not before? I wanted to cry. The wonderful thing that I perceive out of all this is God wants a closer relationship with me. And that is the top of the mountain. It doesn't get better than that. So we come to Ephesians 5, and I just want to explore this probably maybe over a few weeks because I think this is probably, my opinion, one of the most important truths we can ever learn or understand. Ephesians 5, and I'll make it very biblical uh, because I think that's important. This is not a time management session. This is something from Scripture. Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 17. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, 
redeeming the time, which I'll explain soon, for the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the Lord's will or what the will of the Lord is. So time and the Lord's will is all interconnected. So the first part, you know, there's another scripture in Proverbs 4, 26 to 27. You want to write that down. Proverbs 4, 26 to 27 says this. Listen carefully. Ponder the path of your feet. Think about that. Today, ponder. You're going to take a step in a certain direction. He said, no, hold it. Don't. Think about it. Ponder your pathways. Where you walk. It goes on to say, let your, all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or left. Remove your foot from evil. And the, you can illustrate this by a cat. They use this as, you know, you see a cat walking on the, a high fence, but it's got broken glass on it to keep the um, intruders out. And so if you watch that cat, it's incredibly careful where, you know, there's all this glass. <laughs> Gosh, you know, where, where it puts its paw in order not to wound itself and cut itself. And the teaching of Scripture is this. As you go through your day by day, you, you, you be very careful, where am I going to go? What, what direction am I going to take? What am I going to do? Where am I going to walk to? And we need to take great care that we, part, we place our feet on paths of righteousness. And that we are not tempted to walk to the wrong places, to the wrong people, to the wrong circumstances, to the wrong parts of the internet, where we might be tempted with lust and sin and end up being wounded. So it's not just your feet, it's where you even your hands, what you what you do and where you move and where you go. So it says, hey, ponder, think, consider carefully what you do and where you go. So back to Romans, uh, sorry, um, verse 16 of Ephesians 5. It says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The thought here of redeeming is to get back from the devil's grasp or... Don't be ripped off with your time. You see, there's a huge battle for your time every day. And yet it is the most valuable asset you have. Because how you use your time determines your whole life. And in fact, you're going to see, determines your entire future. And the devil provides all kinds of attractions to steal and rob us of our time. And we never get lost time back. That's the thing we have to understand. I heard a, I've heard it said and preached that at the end of each day, think about this, as we're about to turn the lights out, we should stop for a while and reflect on our day before God. And say, God, how, how, how did I do today? 
in spending my time didn't meet with your approval? Were you pleased with how I conducted myself, the, the, where I placed my feet, the things that I did, the way I spent my day? God, God, give, give me an answer on this. Give me a, 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 an assessment. You want to think about that. Some people do that. See, Psalm 90 verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. How do you get a heart of wisdom? You've got to number your days. Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days. You know, when we're younger, we think we have all the time in the world. We just think, we think life is just going to last forever. As the years go by, you realize time's a bit more valuable and there's not, you know, as much time left as before. But when you're younger, you think, well, I've got plenty of time, especially to serve God. And you might think, well, you know, once uh, uh, the kids are grown up, once the uh, debts are paid, once I've finished my studies, then I'll get serious about the things of God. But then often we find it's actually too late. Time passes by. So let me give you some definitions from the Bible of how brief your life is. Tell the person next to you, your life is very short. Mm-hmm. You didn't want to hear that, did you? But it's the truth. So here we go. Firstly, it's a breeze. Psalm 78, 39, he remembered that they were but flesh, a passing breeze that does not return. Secondly, you're just a breath. Psalm 39, verse 6, each man's life is but a breath. And it's over. Who reckons that's pretty short? It's really short. It gets worse. It's a mist. James 4.14, you are a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. How many of you see the mist in the morning? Yeah, you look at it, and half an hour later, guess what? Gone. That's your life. Sorry for the bad news. It gets worse. It's a shadow. 1 Chronicles 29.15, our days on earth are like a shadow. You know, you're walking down the street at one time of the day, and there's a shadow. Often by the end of the day, the shadow's gone. And also it's a flower. 1 Peter 1.24, all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. The key to using your time wisely is to number your days. You know, men can number most things. Women can number, we can number, women can too. We can number herds. We can number sheep. We can calculate our income. We can work out our bank balance, our profit and loss statement if you have to do that sort of stuff. We can number most things. But to number the most important thing of all, our days, we're just not very good at that, numbering our days. So we spend all our time numbering everything else and forget what is actually crucial. And as a result of that, we can live each day very casually as if each hour doesn't really matter that much. We have a few short allocated hours, and how you use your hours and your days will determine whether you fulfill God's will for your life and will actually determine your rewards for all eternity. The stakes could not be higher as to how you use your time. There's one life and there's no second 
chance. We all know that, don't we? So let's have some quotes, shall we, from secular people mostly, some, not all. First one, Steve Jobs, who headed up, um, what was it? Apple, was it? I think. Here we go. He says this, it's really clear that the most precious resource we all have is time. That's your most valuable resource is time. Benjamin Franklin said, time lost is never found again. William Penn put it this way, time is what we want, time is what we want most, but what we use worst. Who else have we got? Bill Keane said, yesterday's the past, tomorrow's the future, but today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Today's a present to you from God, a gift. You won't always get that gift. Time coming where you won't get it anymore. It'll be over. Today's a present. It's a gift. Use it wisely. Because you don't get that many of them. One more. Time is the most valuable thing a man can spend. A lot of things are a complete rip-off of your time, and that's what we've got to try and get to today. I'm not going to tell you what those things are. I can allude to something, but you have to work it out for yourself. I want to suggest some hours watching TV is mostly a total rip-off of your time because it could be better spent doing other things. I want to suggest that most movies, let's not say all, but let's say most movies are a rip-off of your time, as is computer games and Xbox. I'm not saying don't do any of those things, but I'm saying it easily goes from, it easily moves into wasting time. You know? You might want to watch the news for half an hour, hour. If you're smart like me, you record it all and you can watch the news in 20 minutes. That's wise use of time. But you know, you can easily go from that and they say, oh, well, let's just watch uh, whatever's next, seven sharp, and I'll just pick up a, before you know it, you're just wasting a lot of time. So the Bible says, don't be ripped off with your valuable time. You know, probably television is the greatest ripper off of time that's ever, ever been in the world. I think it's sent by the devil to rob us of the things we could be doing and we get ripped off with it. It's your valuable time. You need to be get angry when it gets ripped off you. You see, in billions of ages from now, millions of years' time, we're going to look back on this great line, which was the, the, the time of life, you know, the, the line of, of the ages, you know, from, from Adam right through to the... Well, whenever before and right to the end of time, it's got this massive line. You're going to look back on the line of time, and you're going to see this little dot. <laughs> little, little, you're hardly going to see it. It's going to be the moment you spend on earth. It's just that brief moment, that, that second, that whisper that you spend on earth, and you're going to say to someone else, remember that moment on earth? Do, do, do you remember that? that, that whisper? Do you remember that shadow, that breeze? Do you remember? Gosh, I barely remember. Yeah, yeah that's right. That, that second, I remember it. And yet that second determines your whole eternity. All the rewards that you will have forever and ever and ever for billions, millions, and trillions of years. So my encouragement to you is let's not get caught up in living for this brief moment on earth, but let's live totally for Jesus Christ for the expansion of his kingdom, for that which really matters. And friends, in life, there's not a lot of things that really matter. 
And if you can work out what does, it'll make all the difference. They say that the difference between how well people do in life is usually not traced back to their circumstances. It's usually not to do with their upbringing. It's usually what separates people is how well they use their time. Some used it wisely, some just squandered it. And their life came to very little. General Booth's wife, she had to snatch time from household duties and the care of small children in order to prepare great messages that stirred the nation of England. So here you have a woman, wise use of time. In the midst of household duty, she could still somehow, with God's wisdom, find time to put together these messages that would shake a nation. It would have been easy for her to say, too busy, can't do it, I'm out of here. But she was a bit smarter than that, friends. Time is a gift from God, and we need to take a good look at the way we use it. We are stewards of our time. It's not yours. Did you know that? It's borrowed from God. It's God's time. And so if it's God's time, <laughs> you need to use it how God wants you to use it. It's not your time. Tell the person next to you, it's not your time. Yeah, you don't own it. You know, we think, hey, it's my time, I'll do what I like. No! <laughs> it's not your time. It's God's time. How many of you agree it's God's time? He, he gives you breath to breathe. Every day, He allows you this. Imagine you have a bank account, and every morning at 6 a.m., you're like this. The bank, wonderful bank, deposits $86,400 into your account. Every day. How many of you would like that? Who's up for that? Who wants to give us our bank account number? We put in $86,400 every single day. Wow. Wouldn't that be fantastic? We would love that. There's only one catch. The one requirement is you have to spend it all that day. You cannot leave it to the next day. At night, any money left will be removed, gone. What would you do? You would, from morning till night, you would plan, you would work, you would uh, do things, you would organize, you would strategize, and you would make sure you spent $86,400 to the last cent. How many of you would leave any money there to be removed the next day? No one. We would all spend it all, wouldn't we? Because we, we're smart. We're smart. We only got, we've only got it for a day. So, hey, we've got to spend it all. You're asking, where's this leading to? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> That's exactly what God does with you every 24 hours. He gives you 86,400 seconds. Every day, when you wake up, here it is. Son, daughter, 86,400 seconds. Then he says, now use it wisely. Because when the day is finished, any unused time, any misused time, you lose. It's gone for good. 86,400 seconds, finished. Next day, you start again. What was wasted the day before, you cannot get back. Is this message making sense this morning? Yes. Are you receiving it? Yes. Is it helpful? Yes. I trust it will change your life forever. See, life's a trust. Time's a trust. We don't own our lives. We don't own our time. 
And God's entrusted a lot of things to you. He's entrusted into your hands time, money, abilities, intelligence. Friend, you're a steward. It's a trust. You don't own any of it. But God's saying, I'm trusting you with this now. Show me what you're going to do. Then when you stand before God, He's going to assess how well you did with what He trusted you with. And according to how well you did, determines your eternity and the rewards that you get. Friends, we need to understand there are levels in heaven. There are positions in heaven. We don't all just get saved and go to heaven so we're all together, all happy Harry in one place. <laughs> no, no, friends. There are levels. And, as, and what level you get to and the level of your rewards and the crowns that you have all depends on how you apply this message I'm giving you today, the trust of your abilities, your gifts, your time, your intelligence, everything, how you use that, friends. Everything hangs on the trust and how you use the trust that God's given you of your time and of your money and of your, your gifts and your abilities. Don't be ripped off by the devil. The stakes are too high, friends. The stakes are just too high. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. Let's have a quick look at that. My time's nearly gone and I'm not through yet. Got plenty more to say. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says this. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. We'll explore that a bit more at another time. Now, I'm not talking about being a workaholic, all right? I hope you know me well enough by now. I'm not talking about having no time to relax and enjoy yourself. I like really relaxing. I enjoy watching the news, reading the paper, playing some golf. However, I have found it easily moves to wasting time and going excess beyond what is good and reasonable. So when you're living, this is the beauty of it, because you do need time to replenish yourself. But this is the beauty of it all, friends. This is what I've discovered. When you live your life as God wants you to, not wasting time, somehow he fills you with greater joy and fulfillment and pleasure than you dreamed possible. You see, the truth sets you free. So you can be listening to this mission and think, oh man, here goes all my fun, my pleasure, my parties, it's all over. No, 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 friends. It all begins. The more you live the way God wants you to, the more blessing and enjoyment you'll experience in your life. See, it's not so much how long we live, is it? But it's how well we use our time. A person can live to 90 and achieve far less than someone who only lived for 35 years. Let's face it, in 33 years, Jesus accomplished more than any of us ever will in a thousand lifetimes. It's not how long you live. Don't focus on, I've got to live long, long, long. No, no, focus on, I've got to live well, well, well. <laughs> got to use my time right. Corrie Ten Boom put it this way, the measure of a life, after all, is not its duration, but its donation. Today's world talks about duration. Everyone wants to live long. It's, it's good, but it's also, there's an error in there as well, isn't there? It's just not how long, it's how well. So we need to plan, select, and prioritize. 
See, when Paul said redeem the time, he was saying there's a price to be paid for the best use of time. So you've got to pay a price now. If you're going to do this, what I mean by that, what he means by that is it takes effort and diligence to use your time wisely. It takes some sacrifice at times to use it because you want to do this, but you really know that's a waste of time. So you've got to let it go, deny yourself, and do what God wants you to do. You know, one example might be, you know, you, you want to read a magazine, but you haven't read your Bible. And so God says, come on, I've given, I'm trusting you with the next half an hour. Don't waste it on that magazine. Read your Bible. You see? So that's, it, it, costs, it costs. Redeeming your time, is, it's a costly thing. You've got to pay a price for it. But it's worth paying the price. Because we give our time. We sell our time, in a sense. You sell your time to activities. Some are worthy, some are unworthy. Some are productive, some are unproductive. But you sell your time. It's your time given to you by God, and you need to use it wisely. So we need to plan our days. If we fail in the wise use of time, we fail in life. That's the end of the story, friends. After making generous allowance for sleep, rest, meals, social life, work, travel, there remains, I reckon, around 35 hours a week unaccounted for. So you've been to work, you've slept, you've eaten, you've relaxed, you've had social, you've got 35 hours left. What's that, about seven, five hours, five hours a day left? What they say is how you spend that 35 hours will be a significant factor in determining whether you complete God's plan for your life on earth, receive your rewards that you're meant to get, or whether you don't. Those 35 hours. Now, I'm not saying the other hours are not important. How you work, you know, you can waste time at work as well. The other hours are important as well. But this is kind of like the, the, the flexible time that we all have and we all choose to use in one way or another. Some people will use it to pray and read their Bible and, and, you know, serve God and, you know, do something for the church or in the community or others. Other people, they'll just spend that time, you know, watching a few DVDs and TV and whatever, or just, you know, you know slacking around with friends, going nowhere, doing nothing, you know, just excess idle time. So how we, deter, how we use those 35 hours is so crucial and so critical. Here's a couple more quotes. See, some people say... Um, uh, the reason they were, some people argue, I don't have enough time. Friends, that is a lie from the pit of hell. You have enough time to do the will of God. Jesus was never rushed. He was never in a hurry. He never ran out of time. He got it all done. If, you, if you're too busy, it's because you've overloaded yourself with wrong things. Simple as that, friends. That's, the, that's what I believe is true. So here we are. Quote, here's a quote here by Charles Chestnut. Chestnut. There's time enough, but none to spare. That's how it sums up. Number, here's another one, Alan Lakin. Time is life, therefore waste your time, waste your life. Master your time, master your life. Fairly simple, isn't it, really? Not easy to do, but so true. So we'll always make time for what's important. As I wrap it up, musicians will come very shortly. How many of you find every day, please raise your hand on this, how many of you find every day time to eat? Oh, really? Okay. How many of you find every day time to sleep? Hmm. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Hmm. It's amazing. So you actually never run out of time to eat? I thought you said you're too busy. Uh, if you're too busy, you can't eat. You can't sleep. I mean, you're too busy. <laughs> what's my point? You'll always find time to do what's important. Always. Oh, everyone say always. <laughs> always. That's proven by eating. 
If nothing else, some of you may not sleep a lot, but you all eat. Tell. Tell. So let me give you a few things that I think are top priorities. Number one, A, Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. That's a key filter of how to use your time is seek first the kingdom of God. So if you want to say, should I be doing this? Ask yourself this, is this seeking first the kingdom of God? If not, then, hey, unless it fits in one of the other categories, you need to drop it. B, daily time with God and prayer and the word. You say, I'm too busy for that. No, 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 you've got time to eat. You've got time to sleep. You've got time to spend with God. And I suggest an hour a day. Number three, fulfilling God's will and call should be a top priority in the use of your time. And that takes determination. It takes consecration. Uh, but there is time to do it. You're going to have to forego other things if you're going to fulfill God's will and use your gifts and time for His glory. Number four, quality time with your family. You've got to do that. That's, that's not wasted time. It's, it's, it's valuable time. But I want to suggest it can go too far. You know, some people put all their time in the family and no time serving God or His church. That's not right either. You know, years ago, they spent all their time in church, and now they spend all their time with the family. The pendulum needs to come back into the middle, which is a balanced way of doing life. It's not one or the other, it's both. It's gone very quiet right now, I'll move on. Uh, attending church every week. You say, I'm too busy. No, you're not too busy. You've got time to sleep. You've got time to eat. And so you've got time to get to church. And I say, you know, it's a fantastic investment of two hours. If at all possible, avoid other commitments. If you can, avoid work, study, sport on a Sunday. You know, do everything you can. Now, if you absolutely can't, well, we understand that, but do everything you can. Because Hebrews 10, 25 says, not forsaking the assembling together of ourselves, as is the manner of some. The last one, two more, time for relaxation and rest. Replenish body, soul, and spirit. Sabbath time. And number, the last one is fulfill your work, study, and home responsibilities. If the musicians would please come. We would all like to be wise. If we want to be wise, we need to look carefully at how we're using our time. I want to encourage you to do that from this day. Be worth analyzing a week and seeing where your time is going. You may get shocked. Plan your days, prioritize your time. Make yourself accountable to God. If you don't think you can do that, why don't you make yourself accountable to a trusted friend, a godly one who's serving God with all their heart, who's on fire. Make yourself accountable to them. If you wisely use your time, you will fulfill God's plan for your life. You'll stand before Him on Judgment Day with confidence and receive your appointed, wonderful, eternal rewards. Use your time wisely and be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.